G'day, 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 and welcome everyone. That's our resident scaredy cat, Kate. And that's the horror junkie, Dominic. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about some scary stuff. The sort of fear your asshole knows about. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Shit and Bricks Podcast. All right, drop your dax, pop a squat, and let's get into it. Oh my gosh, I have the same glasses, the Crosnose, but I've got the red wine ones. I haven't got the white wine ones. We've got I've the red the and the white. Oh my God, the reds, aren't they the best? They're the big like bowl ones, right? Or yeah. have they got that same like, <gasps> cheers. Cheers. <laughs> In person. Ooh. Oh my God, it's such a celebration of wine time. I know. Oh. But Dom, tell me what you have. You don't have wine. What have you got? So in honor of Paul Taranto, my dad, who turns 70th, we talked about him previously. Mm-hmm. Who's a Bond fan? I've made a Vespa Martini. Amazing, which yes. was made famous in Casino Royale. Um, mm. Can we do like a James Bond episode? Mm. Maybe Absolutely. we could look at like Just things for, that are, for the yeah, fuck of for it. fun. We should, we could do like you know things like you wouldn't want to be strapped to that thing and like have your the clowns. There was clowns oh, and yeah, octopusy. Fabergé eggs. Oh, I'm afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was octopussies. Yes. Like, who wants tentacles coming out? There was like, poisons. There yeah. was, um... Dark guns. You know, shark attacks. Remember that yes. really dopey bitch that got killed by <laughs> the shark? She got to the elevator and then she dropped. Yeah. And I always got really sad when she did, when she did that, but... Perfect. Well, there you go. There's an episode. Okay, We've we'll just do written a it. We'll have to do it. <laughs> um... Oh, we should start, shouldn't okay, we? Okay, let's start. <laughs> Actually, let's have one more sip and yeah. then we'll start. Do it. I made the choice of putting, um, I've got ice in my wine. Yeah. So. Well, we want everyone to hear this we is do. ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> That's just for you listeners. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Okay. I know you tune in to our podcast for ASMR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, Dominic. Welcome to my home, the first time. It is the first time I've been here, uh, which is very exciting because we've been doing this for 25 episodes. I thought she said 25 years of that, but not quite there yet. It's been 84 years. Um, Drop your necklace into the back of the boat. (laughs) No, this is exciting. I get to see where the the magic happens. Well, funny you say that. This is the playroom. Mm. Don't misinterpret that everybody <laughs> listening red leather walls there's whips and chains it's wild there is a giant rush poppers bottle on the wall which does light up <laughs> there is it's very cool but anyway yes this is the studio so welcome Thank really you. glad that we get to do this one in person and now that covid's wrangled itself in we can hopefully do more of these so true yeah. so true well uh i am gonna do today's story so I, well, Dom and I have both been on a mad run this week, haven't we? We've yeah. been forward planning and we've just really, we've been motivated. We've been excited. Uh, so we've got a lot planned yeah. for the upcoming two months. Not only have we been doing all the Boo Pod Network stuff, mm-hmm. we're meeting today and we're talking about some of the future stuff that we're doing, but then we've also just been on this giant story bender and we've got like the next 10 episodes almost, it feels like ready to go. Pretty so, much. Yeah. Oh, so we are being productive. Yes, that's why we deserve to drink today. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Boo Pod Network, I wanted to shout out to our member of the week. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I want to shout out to the podcast, which is called The Skylark Bell. 
now this is run by Melissa Oliveri. Um, she's an author, host, and it's an award-winning podcast. Mm. Uh, it's really, really cool. It is a it's a fictional. I'm not sure I understand. Mm. Sorry, Siri didn't understand what I was going on. Uh, so it's <laughs> Siri, you've had plenty of air time. Should I put it on? Do not disturb. Um, so Sky Like Bell, yes, it's a fictional uh, story podcast that Melissa reads out each week. Is it weekly? Yeah, should have. Yeah, it's weekly. It's really great. So uh, uh, Melissa shared her um, promo with us, and we're now going to share it with you. So here it is. Enjoy. Boop da boop. Welcome to the mysterious world of the Skylark Bell. Our story begins on the outskirts of a small town called Pocket, where Margaret Phaeton, better known as Magpie, must connect a series of unexplained events, psychic visions, and century-old folktales before the mysterious silence hanging over the abandoned farm at Meadow Lane spreads to the entire town. The Skylark Bell is a fiction podcast in serial format with new chapters every Friday and bonus episodes that recount real-life paranormal experiences. Find The Skylark Bell on all major platforms and at theskylarkbell.com. I'm Melissa Oliveri. Thank you for listening. Amazing. Uh, so do yourself a favor and subscribe to uh, the Skylark Bell. Uh, you can find them on podcasting uh, applications like the one you were listening to this on. Yeah. And Instagram and social media. Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and we will link it in our Instagram and other social media. <laughs> yeah, she's got this really beautiful melodic voice. Yeah. It's really relaxing. Talking about ASMR, you can almost just chill out listening to her read. Um and you probably got a sense of that in her pro, in her trailer, but uh, yeah, she reads a new chapter each week, and it's just really beautiful. Um, and then she talks about some of her her own like real life experiences. So mm-hmm. yeah, go check it out. And uh, hi, Melissa. I hope you're listening. We love you. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Woohoo! All right. All what's right. what's this week? This week. Uh, so I wanted to find some different stories and stumbled upon this one. So this is one I didn't know anything about and loved it. So I thought um, this is going to be it. I'm going to share this today. So I have taken most of what I have from an article uh, that was on Mm parkerman.com, which is, I can't actually describe the website. It's a bit of a weird one. I don't know what the purpose of it is, but this story was on there. You do find the weirdest fucking website. I'm just putting that out there. And ones that look like they haven't changed since the internet was invented. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the good shit is. Just those ones that have like the sparkly gift backgrounds and the Times New Roman. Fade in and out. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but this was an article that was called The Strange Case of Daniel LaPlante, Real Night Horror Story. And it he's, was by Joe Turner. He's got such a cool name. Yeah. Like I, I was doing some of our social media prep for this stuff and it just immediately made me think of Danny Zuko and yes. I'm like don't get these two Danny LaPlante yeah. yeah but Danny LaPlante totally would have been Danny Zuko's like alter ego yes. bad uh, bad oh. stepbrother or something that's actually really true when you see the pictures of him too yeah. it's pretty yeah uh, I mean look I'm gonna say it's LaPlante it yeah. might be LaPlante 
Um, but that's not as fancy. We're fancy down we in Australia. Fancy. I mean, you're drinking the fanciest martini I've ever seen. <laughs> so it's got to be La Plante. Okay, so let me get started on this story and share it with you all. Born in 1970 in Townsend, Massachusetts, Daniel LaPlante suffered a traumatic childhood pretty much as traumatic as anyone could imagine. Whilst very, very little is known in regards to the specific details of his upbringing, LaPlante was a minor during his first run-in with the law, meaning lots of those details were kept anonymous. LaPlante suffered sexual and psychological abuse at the hands of multiple adults in his life. LaPlante's father was an individual who administered most of his son's punishments, allegedly tormenting him physically, emotionally, and sexually on a regular basis. Cool guy. Yeah, it sounds like uh, pretty much the start of every fucking story yeah. that we ever hear about some of these psychopaths. I know, I know. And it's like obviously devastating, but fuck it, there's some... Ugh, yeah, it's wild. When, when abouts was this, sorry? This is like a 1970. Yeah. So he was born in 1970, so, he, you know... By the time we get into some of the stuff that he does, it's like 86. It's like 85, 86. It's like the golden age of just fucking shittery. <laughs> yeah, like the worst of people. Yes. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> 1970 to 1990, the golden age of fucking shittery. <laughs> well, there's definitely some more yeah, fucking shittery to come, trust me. Say, good luck to anyone that was born in that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We survived, Kate. <laughs> That deserves a cheers again, oh shall we? God. Double cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Double down. So I'm really now, getting into my ASMR. No, I love it. I'm so here for it. It adds to the episode. Um, now, LaPlante's troubled upbringing affected every aspect of his young life, understandably. He struggled with school, both academically and socially, and in addition to being diagnosed with dyslexia from an early age... He didn't have many friends and most of his classmates at the North Middlesex High School referred to him as creepy or weird. In his early teenage years, Lepante was referred to uh, referred by school officials to a psychiatrist due to his abnormal behavior and general reluctance toward his appearance, hygiene and self-improvement. Oh, you've got to wash. Yeah. Yeah. So the school has identified he's having some troubles. Let's get him to a psychiatrist. So this is, you know, positive step. Yeah. You're yeah. a teacher. What would you have? What would you do if Absolutely. Danny Laplante was in your class? Yeah, it's definitely tricky because it's really hard. And there's been times where, like, a kid has come from gym mm. or something and they stink. Particularly like 16, 17 year old boys, uh, but girls too. Mm. You know, and you've got to have that awkward conversation. And it's, yeah, it's not pleasant. Um, you know, we don't uh, get them to go to a psychiatrist immediately, <laughs> but I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine that there's been, you know, obviously a pattern of behaviour from Danny that they've identified. So this is a positive step. Or was it? Intervention, usually a good thing. This particular incident could have been a turning point in young LaPlante's life, if not for the tragic circumstances that arose. It was here that LaPlante was diagnosed with hyperactivity disorder something which didn't mesh well with his already deteriorating mental state as a result of his troubled home and school life. His relationship with the psychiatrist eventually took a dark turn when the psychiatrist made sexual advances towards him. Okay. Then the psychiatrist sexually abused him for the year following and during their sessions, which like he's already been through this and then he was taken somewhere to help, mm. like for this person to help him and he gets abused again. Um, so this is, yeah, a gentleman that was trusted to care for LaPlante, like his dad, but instead added another layer of grief to his already painful existence. 
Yeah, this goes straight back to some of those episodes. It reminds me of like the Mount Washington Macca's Macca's phone scan. Mm -hmm. Did I say that correctly? Okay, good. I thought I, I did have a stroke then. Fackers moan scam. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the scamming you on about. Um, but it's that p- people in positions of power mm-hmm. that you should be able to trust and they, they demand implicit trust, respect, cooperation. Yeah. So you're immediately vulnerable and powerless and then this is what they go and do. And as for a child, they can't reason through any of this. So yeah. what are they going to do? Their dad did it. This guy's done it. Fuck it. May well, as well be. No one's going to help me. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. And you would completely rewire your brain. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, you, I can't comprehend it. There's no way. I was, you know, raised in far too good of a home life to ever even be able to get close to comprehending this. But holy shit. This, you know, and you say poor guy, the things he does later, not so poor guy, but yeah, you can understand that origin story. I know, story, but yeah. we always do this. We start we these do. stories and we try and be We try to be like, yeah, we try to be uh, in Switzerland, but sometimes that's hard. You know what? We've got opinions. Yeah. We're allowed to have them. People don't have to agree. It made me feel really sad and I wanted to sing Oh Danny Boy like <laughs> Moira Rose. Just <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it. You've got a deeper voice than I do. Fucking hell. That is so many years of uh, vocal abuse. Uh-huh. All right, back to Danny. Um, in his early teens, uh, Laplante established himself as a small-time thief. Uh, he spent his evenings breaking into people's property in the towns and area and stealing their valuables. As his burglary skills increased, so did his desire for torment. By the age of 15, he was breaking into people's houses, not just to take possessions, but also leave things behind and just move shit around. And he would just, you know, make it really clear. Someone has been here, but you don't know when and you don't know what they've taken and why they've touched your shit. Um, He was just basically trying to play mind games with the owners. So that was his jam. That's what he enjoyed doing. Now, jump forward to 1986 and Danny LaPlante set in motion the series of events which which he would be forever known for. LaPlante had obtained the phone number of a family's address in their local area. It is likely that he burgled the house at some point, um, somehow retrieved their phone number, but that's not confirmed. Okay. The house belonged to a family of three, a father and his two daughters. The daughters, Annie Andrews and Jessica Andrews, both similar ages to LaPlante, began to converse with Danny via the phone. LaPlante told them that he'd been given their number by a friend who went to the same school as them and that he was good looking, he was athletic, he was blonde, he was well-educated, and he also lived in the area. That's a pretty good resume. Yeah, and 1986 was a great year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it definitely sounds like, you know, there's there's a difference between going from abuse and, you know, stepping into thievery, mm-hmm. but then that act of, I'm going to move shit around to fuck with people. Mm-hmm. There's no other reason for me to do this other than I'm going to fuck with people's minds. To me, that's like a signal of, okay, you know, shit's going to go down. He's thinking about the impact, the psychological impact of what he's doing beyond just stealing. Absolutely. So he's, you know, on the phone with Annie, he's saying he's good looking, blonde, athletic, he's well educated. So Annie and Danny, they become really well acquainted after a few phone calls and eventually arrange to go out on a date. So Danny asks her out. Now, when LaPlante arrives at Annie's doorstep, she is shocked to discover, and you might have seen one of the pictures on her socials, the boy that she was talking to was the opposite of what he said he was. 
He was not an athletic jock boy type that she was expecting. He was a dishevelled, greasy, dark-haired boy with no attractive features whatsoever. How's that for a review? Yeah, I know the feeling, Jenny. <laughs> it's all right. I you... think my first comedy festival show, they've taken that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, bless you know I'm what? sorry about that. I'm actually, when we do a comedy festival show, Kate, I'm going to encourage <laughs> people to give us really bad reviews. We can just put our own reviews on our poster <laughs> and just pretend and say, you know, Harold Sun, disheveled, greasy, dark-haired boy with no attractive features whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, regardless, Annie let him take her to the local fair. So she's made a choice. Like, he's turned up. He looks nothing like he said on the phone, like his Tinder profile. And But she's like, all right, you're here. Let's just go to the Pity local day. fair. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but after just an hour together, Annie made excuses and went home. Go, Annie. Good on you, Annie. Yeah, High well five, done. Annie. Annie, and for everyone else, if you are not comfortable, fuck with Go home. Yeah. Yes, go home. Don't worry about offending anybody. And, you know, um, Karen and Georgia on My Favourite Murder talk so well about this in so many of their episodes where yep. so many people in the past have made the mistake of not following their gut yes because they're afraid that they're going to offend or it's rude for you to leave a situation where you're not feeling comfortable yeah and these people could be completely nice and lovely remember the first episode we did Colleen yep. Stan and Absolutely. she just was like I don't want to leave the car yeah fuck get being out. polite yep just get out just leave trust me there are plenty of other fish in the ocean uh, but even that like who gives a shit yeah. like just Feel good and leave. Yeah, if it's not feeling right, well get done, out of there. Annie. So Annie is kick goals there. Um, so during their date, uh, the Laplante discovered that Annie and Jessica had recently lost their mother to cancer, leaving only their father to take care of them. Laplante allegedly took great interest regarding the details of Annie's mother's death, um, much more than just curiosity. He is like continuously asking her questions, which is why she's like. Mm, I'm just not I don't want to stand here and talk about my dead mum for the whole date at the fair like can't we go on the ferris wheel or do you want to like okay candy yeah exactly um but yeah so he's just he was obsessed with it and he was just asking her questions about how she felt at the moment she died how she suffered Mm. like real weird ass questions not just like oh that's really sad what was she like you know was she in any pain when she passed even that is probably a bit far but he's just going in no idea of social decorum yeah none I mean, <laughs> he's struggling. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> I was going to say, we're, pro- we're profiting off of uh, terrible dark stories, but we're not profiting yet. So not, yet. not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Um, now, look, Annie didn't want to see LaPlante again. No shit. Um, but she, later, she would later discover him under circumstances which almost defy explanation. Oh. One evening, I know, that was in the article, I liked it. We're just, I'm going with it. Uh, one evening, Annie and her sister attempted to contact their deceased mother by performing a seance in the basement. So Annie and Jessica, they got the Ouija board out. Classic. And um, <laughs> that Ouija board reminds me of one of my favourite jokes. <laughs> Go on, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> I, I think it's like a visual joke, but who cares? Um, you know, somebody is like using a, a Ouija board. And then a guy comes out and he goes, it's a me. And then they say, oh no, this is a Luigi board. (laughs) (laughs) Even though that's Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. where 
on song today. Oh my goodness, I'm crying. That was not worth it at all. I'm sorry. It we was. might have to delete that. <laughs> it's racist. It's it was all of those. Ages ticks everything. And we're um, here for it. But anyway, Annie and Jessica, they are seancing in the basement. Uh, and they just... Basically, Danny's brought up his her mum at mm. this date, and then that's she's just like, let's give it a crack because I do miss her and like talking about her and stuff. You know, let's let's do that. The same evening that they perform this seance, Jessica and Annie received a rhythmic knocking against their bedroom wall as they slept. Fuck right off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazingly, it appeared as though the gay the girls say the gay, <laughs> the gay okay the gay seance. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do I need to tell you what a gay seance entails? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I want to know, no, but no. I do, but I don't. Okay. I'm sure we. I can imagine all sorts of things. You are in the playroom. Uh, so um, the girls' seance was successful. That's what they were thinking. Um, in the dead of the night, the two girls spoke to the unseen force as though they were talking to their mum one like one more time. That's kind of, there's something nice about that. That kind of yeah. sense of closure. They asked the spirit questions, to which it replied via knocks against the wall. Mm. Mm-hmm. It seems that the girls had truly uncovered a supernatural force. That's what they had, they had thought. Now, this continued for several evenings until the knocking became so regular that it disturbed the girls' sleep. Over time, objects in the house began to disappear. Mm-mm. Items which were laid out on a table would one day be strewn across the floor. Uh, the girls would come home to find furniture moved from one side of the room to the other. Eventually, Jessica and Annie believed that they were being haunted by a malevolent demon, not the spirit of their mother, as they'd originally believed. Now, the girl's dad, Brian, so it's just the three of them in the house, um, Brian believed that it was the girls themselves who were causing havoc in the home. The girls uh, you know, claimed that they believed that they had a ghost that was coming to get them. Uh, but Brian was just like, that's dumb. It's you guys. Please stop messing around and stop coming to me and whinging about the furniture being moved when you're doing it. Fucking um, Brian. Yeah. So Brian's basically said, you guys are emotionally struggling with the death of mum and you're not coping and yeah, just leave me alone. Like I'm not going to listen to this garbage. But then on the evening of um, Jan- uh, one evening in January 1987, the strange knocking began while Jessica and Annie were alone in the front room. At this point, the constant tapping became so commonplace. It was driving the girls crazy. Like they're yeah. like, well, I'm done with the tapping. If it's mum... Leave me alone. This other demon, fuck off. Um, this particular evening, though, it appeared that the noises were not coming from the walls, but the basement. So armed with a kitchen knife, the two girls warily made their way towards the source of the noise. As they crept down below the house, they were greeted with an ominous sight. Written in blood red on the basement wall was the message, I'm in your room, come and find me. Fuck off. <laughs> no, I. how about I don't? I don't. <laughs> I might actually leave the house. Yeah. Fuck, go to my room to come find it's you. What a nice novel, what love letter. This? What happened to Rose Petals? <laughs> like, Danny boy. I know. The girls fled the house without hesitation and called upon the assistance of their neighbour. Again, smart move. Get the heck out of the house. So they waited for Dad to return home and told uh, him what they discovered. So Brian, again, believing it was his daughters who were doing it. Um, Brian. I know. Fuck off. Yeah, he's like, you guys, this is dumb. Don't write things on the wall. Um, he ordered Annie and Jessica to undergo counselling to help them cope with what he believed, uh, which was the grief of, you know, mm. of, of losing their mum. So they were struggling because of that. Several weeks after this, a similar incident played out, but with even more like bizarre results. 
Again, the girls heard knocking sounds, but this time they came from behind Annie's bedroom wall. When the two girls entered that room again, they were greeted with a message written in blood red on the wall. I'm back. Find me if you can. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger popped in. <laughs> but it's Terminator. I, it's, <laughs> I wish. Tell you what, like, um, pumping iron, Arnie, he's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was well, well uh, hot. Absolutely. But he wouldn't have fit between, <laughs> between anyone's walls. walls. <laughs> well, he's... I'll be back. I mean, he did fit between the walls of his... Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> Hot topic. Now, the aftermath of this, so they've got on the wall, I'm back, come, like, find me if you can. The aftermath played out the same as before with Brian, the dad, placing the blame solely on Annie, Annie and Jessica. Um, the, the girls had called him from the neighbours again, so they ran away to the neighbours again, which is good. Um, and they begged him to come home, and then he did. Um, and then he marched straight into his house just to prove that no one else was there. But when he entered the house, he noticed that there, um, there was all this just shit everywhere. Like furniture had been moved. There was clearly someone had been in the house. Mm. Um, yeah, they were, it wasn't great. So Brian entered Annie's room alone as he's looking around and an additional message had been painted on the wall. Marry me. <gasps> no, thank you. No, this is not how you do a proposal. No, but that wasn't the worst bit. So he's seen this. <clears throat> message on the wall, marry me. But then on the other side of the room, Brian was greeted with an even more unnatural sight. A young boy stood dressed in the clothing of Brian's deceased wife. Mm -hmm. He was wearing her makeup, a dress, a blonde wig, and in one of his hands was a hatchet. And that young boy was Danny LaPlante. Okay. I'm all for people trying drag. 100%. And you would, I'm not going to yuck your yum. But I bet you that was a thirsty-ass wig. That's not how you do... It's not even snatched. The lace would have been shit. There's no blending. I... Dang. How would you think? I don't want to yuck your yum. But dressing up in a dead woman's clothes is borderline me yucking your yum. Yeah, at least look good if you're going to do it. If you looked really beautiful in drag... yeah. I'd For a split second, I'd be like... Not bad. Okay. Oh, and then I'd noticed the hatchet and I was yeah. like, this shit's fucked. <laughs> so Brian seen Danny and then there was a bit of a struggle. So Brian's tried to grab Danny and Danny's tried to obviously sort of push through, get out. Um, Brian recalls being dumbfounded at the way that LaPlante was seemingly like he disappeared from sight. Yeah. So he didn't like run out of the house, but he's just disappeared. So Brian's looked around. He can't find him. When the police were called to investigate later the same evening, it became clear why LaPlante was able to vanish so easily. After discovering that each message was written in ketchup, so the blood red was ketchup. Okay, that's, that's a bit better. Yes. Um, local police searched the house for clues on how LaPlante may have been able to access the house in the first place. One officer found a hidden crawl space behind a cupboard which was built into the wall of Annie Andrews' bedroom. Okay, yeah. I want to just float a really novel idea to you, Kay. Hit me. How about we stop building fucking houses <laughs> with fucking crawl spaces where serial killers bury bodies? Exactly. Bad drag queens hang out behind your walls. Correct, and yep. Pop the question. Like, it's 
not rocket science. How about we just I know. not have scary, pokey places where... Where people can hide or, or do things. I'm with you. Like, even in the movie The Zodiac, when, like, Jake Gyllenhaal goes to the guy's house, he's like, oh, I've got all this stuff in my basement. And he's like, there's not many people in Los Angeles have basements. Yeah. And the guy's like, I do. It's like, red flag, red flag, get out. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, in Australia, for those that are not from here that are listening... We just don't do the basement thing here. Uh-uh. We have lots of space and we're also just... We don't, we don't even do really the attic thing, Yeah, really. we don't, I don't feel know. the need to go down into the earth unless you're Gina <laughs> Reinhart and you want to mine everything. <laughs> but, like, mm-mm. Yeah, we Stay don't really out have of that. it. Exactly. I agree. And if you're storing that much shit, how about you get over your hoarding self and just... <laughs> Don't, have a garage just sale. get a garage sale. just have a garage sale you don't need an attic you don't need a, a, a dungeon a put basement. down the credit card stop, <laughs> stop shopping shit. online <laughs> stop storing all of your Christmas lights in the attic um, you know what's his face I'm looking at you Lampoons man National Lampoons yeah. that's Kane Kane's what's, obsessed um, well he's the actor's name is Chevy Chase yeah oh my god how did I forget what their names are it's something really boring and I bet you Kane Griswold can- Clark. Yeah. Clark. There go. <laughs> Clark. Got me. Kane's outside going, fucking Clark. Clark. I know. Same as Charles with Misha Barton. <laughs> she lost the plot. Misha Barton. Um, okay. So, crawl space. It was behind Annie's um, cupboard. So, her, you know, the cupboard was built into the wall, but then there was a crawl space behind that. Mm-hmm. When the officer opened that hatch, he discovered Danny LaPlante was curled up inside there. Oh. So, that's how he escaped so quickly. He didn't escape. He just went in the crawl space. So, he didn't even leave the house after mm. fighting with Dad. He's just gone into the crawl space. He smoke bombed. Oh, he really did. did. a Batman. <laughs> Probably just farted. <laughs> <laughs> Off he goes. Um, the officers remove LaPlante from the crawl space. Good. Place him under arrest. Excellent. Uh, once LaPlante had been removed from the scene, the officers conducted a, th- a, th- a thorough search of the Andrews residence. To their horror, they discovered that LaPlante had been living inside the walls of their home. Mm-hmm. That's where all the tapping was coming from, yada yada. The passageway which they discovered LaPlante um, in, it had been tunnelled around other areas of the house. And there were a handful of peepholes around so that LaPlante could observe Annie from whatever room she was in. Mm-hmm. Gross. Mm-hmm. So now he's a voyeur. He's a thief. He's a... Like a breaker in yeah, <laughs> That's peeping not... <laughs> I mean, breaker in is not the <laughs> legal term, I'm sure. It is but... now. <laughs> no. But do you know what? Like, perfectly honest, I don't think you would, anyone would enjoy seeing what I get up to when no one's around. <laughs> like, I agree. I'm, I'm not like, gross not, or anything. No, I'm pretty gross. Like, I wouldn't think yeah. that's a cool, hot thing to look at. Maybe, maybe if you get off on watching people in that state of vulnerability and being so comfortable. But yeah, maybe. I tell you, it ain't fucking oh, pretty. Oh, it ain't pretty. Just, if you're listening, don't, if you're interested, don't do me. <laughs> Try Kate, all right? Yeah. Give it a crack, but I'm gross. Like, I don't, <laughs> you'll be put off. You'll leave in a day. Like, yeah. don't, there's no, no bones about it. Uh, okay, so it was clear that Danny LaPlante had clearly been pretending to be the ghost of the mum. Yeah. Um, nobody really knows, like, was he planning on coming out dressed as mum and then pretending to be the ghost? Was he going to, like, he had a hatchet, so was he going to try and kill them? No, Nobody really knows, but the fact of the matter is, like, I mean, he, yeah, Annie and Jessica going to the neighbour's house, yeah. I think was a good, good thing. And oh. that they've finally discovered him and that he's under arrest. So, excellent. Now... That was pretty bad. That was kooky. That was not great. He goes to prison. Um, but remember, he's still a juvenile. 
So he's only like 16, 17 at this point. So he's not old enough to be charged with and he technically in the sense like this is yeah. he's not, you know, sexually assaulted anybody, he hasn't killed anybody, he hasn't, you know, yeah. he, but he's obviously He's breaking in. He's breaking breaker in That's right. <laughs> breaker in and ring. Um, so the following year, Danny was placed into a juvenile facility where he was there until October 1987. Almost immediately following his release, he returned to his life of burglary. So yeah, I'm about to say he probably didn't have the greatest of time. I can't imagine it was fun. No, mm. no, I don't think Juvie would have gone well. Um, so he's basically like, I'm going straight back into that. No, I didn't learn a thing. During one of his robberies, um, in November of the same year, November 1987, Laplante obtained two handguns from a neighbor's house. Great. Perfect. You really want two handguns in this guy's hands. What's better than one? <laughs> two. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, God gave me two hands and two handguns. What am I going to do? It's um, my bloody right. I'm allowed to have guns. More guns are good. Bring in on. Fucking hell. Oh, now, on December 1st, so he's just discovered these weapons in November, so he's hanging on to them. Then December 1st, 1987, Laplante broke into the um, Gustafsson home around half a mile from his own house. Uh, there, Laplante was greeted by pregnant Priscilla Gustafsson. She was 33, and her two young children, Abigail and William. Priscilla's husband, Andrew, was at work when Laplante invaded his house. Upon returning, was met with the most harrowing sight of his life. He discovered Priscilla lying down, face down uh, on her bed. Uh, her billow, pillows dyed red with blood splatter. She had been raped by Danny and then shot multiple times in the head at point-blank range. Andrew called the police, who discovered the bodies of Andrew's two children in two different bathtubs. Five-year-old William had been drowned in the upstairs uh, bathroom, while eight-year-old Abigail was uh, drowned in the downstairs bathroom. Uh, Laplante's exact uh, modus operandi in the murders remains unknown, given that Laplante's actions progressed rapidly. So that was such a quick turnaround yeah. in that sense that, you know, he's released, he found the two handguns in November, and then December 1st, he has broken into this house and he's murdered four people. So yeah. remembering Priscilla was pregnant. So he's murdered four people. Um, I just that's what doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, the it's, jump. I, I know there are other cases of this, but there is somewhat sort of a pattern of behaviour or escalation to these sorts of things. Mm. This is what we talked about earlier about you could tell that he enjoyed this psychological sort of messing with people. Correct. There's none of that in this necessarily. He's just gone through it wham bam yep yep pretty much um look so yeah they they didn't know like how this progression's happened so quickly mm. um and it basically you know double restraints um were found in the gustafson household as well so it's prompting that laplante forced his way into the house and held the victims at gunpoint while he restrained them um he likely killed priscilla gustafson first to remove the biggest threat and yep. then he drowned the kitties uh, it didn't take long for the authorities to link the Gustafsson murder um, with Danny and police sought to apprehend him, but found that he had fled and then a manhunt ensued. So, I mean, naturally you would, you would flee. Um, yeah, he was considered armed and incredibly dangerous. Uh, Danny was then discovered hiding in a dumpster 48 hours after the manhunt for him began. When he was inspected, a hair belonging to Abigail Gustafsson uh, was discovered in his sock cementing Laplante's involvement in her murder. Yeah. So that's pretty, you know, damning evidence. The little girl's hair is in his sock. Like, that's 
yeah, good that that evidence is there because yeah. you want this person to go to prison for this. And like, this is just when like DNA starting to sort of get used, correct, a little more widely for convicting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So a year later, so a year after his arrest, um, he was sentenced to three life sentences um, for the murder of the Gustafsson family, mm. uh, which is not as much as you would think. I'm going to get into that because I thought, you know, three life sentences, that's like you'll die in prison, basically. Um, anyway, since his incarceration, Danny LaPlante has shown little remorse for his actions while clearly suffering from a multitude of personality disorders, you would hope so, mm-hmm. uh, LaPlante continues to show that he is a broken man beyond repair. From the years 1988 to 2014, LaPlante attempted to sue the courts multiple times for violation of his rights. In one case, he claimed that the prison system violated his religious rights because he was apparently a practicing Satanist. Mm. And that he said that he required sufficient materials to carry out you know, his Satanic rituals. Um, but was denied by prison officials. Okay, well... Too bad. Just like, yeah. Too, too fucking bad. <laughs> Snooze, you fucking yeah. lose. Murder, you, you miss out, yeah. all right? I'm not... I'm not. <laughs> that old saying, you snooze, you lose, you murder, you miss out. There's yep. not any more could be said. And we are not stopping for ice cream. Don't make me turn this car around. End of story. <laughs> you murder, you miss out. That's going on a t-shirt. Um... <laughs> Now, in 2017, so coming up to sort of as recently as he has appealed, so he appealed again in 2017, uh, he was trying to reduce his sentence after the Supreme Court ruled that juveniles can't be sentenced to life in prison without parole. So this is after the fact. Uh, He'd been in prison for 30 years at this point, and he hoped that his sentence could be changed so that he could serve his life sentences concurrently rather than consecutively. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have made him eligible for parole in 2017 rather than in 2032 when Mm. he is eligible. Um, He basically tried to apologise for what he did, but everybody who was there was like, dude, you you just read that off like a napkin. Come on. Um, After he then apologised, went to this, appealed, the judge was like, nah, I'm just going to re-sentence you to the same thing because you're crazy, boy. You're not not all right. Um, So three life sentences life sentences to be conserved to be served consecutively uh that means that he was serving 45 years in prison so the life sentence was only 15 years yeah. in like this particular place and time and it hopefully has changed so essentially he'll be uh available for parole e- eligible for parole in 2032 which, which i hope it gets denied 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 yeah i wonder how old roughly he'll be <clears throat> I mean, old enough that he'll still be alive. Yeah, like, exactly right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, what did it say a little earlier? Um, he was 46 in 2017. Yeah. So he's 50-something. So then in 2032, he'll be 65. Because yeah. he went to prison when he was 16. Yeah. Like, he did all those horrendous things when he was 16, 17 years old. And we'd love to think that we have trust in the parole Oh yeah. You know, system. Nah. But I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't. <laughs> Thank, thanks yeah. for coming, but I don't. Shock horror. <laughs> this isn't going to be like Ocean's 12 or 13. Or, yeah, exactly. Is it 9 where bloody Sandra Bullock, when she she was so classy She's at amazing. that start of the movie when she tried to talk herself out of it. Yes. Fucking gold. So good. So 2032, Danny's eligible for parole, which we hope it gets denied. Um... And that's the story of Daniel LaPlante, the man hiding in the walls. 
I feel really icky. Yeah, I know. And I do understand too, like the the story of him hiding in the walls was like a bit ooh creepy. Then like he literally like drowned kids in a bath and it took a deep dive. And I, I, I you know, but I it you had to inc- I had to include that. So I do oh, you know, I try we wanna keep it, you know, light and, you know, fun. But some of the stuff we talk about is not shit. so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So but you gotta include it so that you can try to comprehend the the overall story yeah. i guess i've definitely heard of danny before mm-hmm. um and i always seem to forget the part of the story about the gustafsons yeah it's a lot of effort sorry a lot of emphasis is put on that rather creepy oh, living behind the wall story yeah um that's what they say at the beginning of most articles so when i was researching this it's it's more or less you know this is what he's best known for but this is not even close to the worst thing he yeah. did. Like, he didn't kill anybody in that scenario. He just was, you know, a serial pest and creep and weirdo. But then he, like, literally stepped it up in, like, a long way. Immediately. You yeah. just wonder what this clearly intelligent person, mm. very imaginative, creative yeah. person, like, let's just take all the horribleness out of this for just a split second. Mm-hmm. The sheer patience and creativity and thoughtfulness and planning that would have gone into all that first story yeah. is impressive. Yeah. On, you know, a non-judgmental way. But yeah. um, imagine if he had have applied that same level of composure and detail and thought planning to a more murderous career. Totally. This he has quite potentially got you know, oh, had so much that yeah. he could have continued to go on and do. Oh, exactly. In a really weird and crazy and sadistic way. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's almost as horrible as it is as it, as it is to say. Mm-hmm. It's almost a blessing that he stepped it up a notch and probably pushed himself too far too soon. You're right. Yeah. And made a shit ton of mistakes and got caught. Yeah. I hate saying that. Like, no, obviously, but... it's the worst thing to ever say. Yeah, because no. of the Gustafsons and yeah. what happened there. No, no, but no, but I understand where you're coming from. You know, For sure. We hear all these stories of people that just progressively, That's over right. time, work their, their way up to these things. And it teaches them to be more and more careful. It teaches them to perfect their whatever. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to call it an art or no, a skill. No, God, it's like, me either. Yeah. The fact that he leapt so far ahead... Yeah. Probably was the reason why he got caught. Yeah, so it was like the downfall. Quickly. Yeah, that's right. And in a sense of like some of the serial killers and, you know, psycho murderers out there. Yeah. You you got to think that people were definitely saved from him Ooh. being incarcerated. So that's Danny. Oh, wow. Oh, Danny boy. Oh, Danny boy indeed. Um, that was one of the ones actually that I didn't, I realized I didn't include a little pop culture refo. Yeah. I mean, Zodiac, I talked about the Zodiac for two minutes. Maybe that can be our <laughs> film of the week. But we that's can... different. I mean, that's obviously Zodiac Killer. No, no, so. no. We can definitely... Look, it's all around the same sort of time. And I'm shocked because yeah. normally this sort of story I would normally not peg for you as to yeah, be your type that I would of story. Pick. I just found it fascinating. I it really is. did. And that's what got me. And I was just like, you know what? We I'm just going to tell a fascinating story. And we found them. And that's the funny thing too for, for you, you all listening. Uh, Dom and I will have to sit down after this i mean we're sitting down right now we'll continue to sit down um <laughs> and we'll need to like compare what stories we come up with because we're beginning to get like there's a possibility we would have picked the same story so mm. we'll have to have a look and see what's what's coming up but there's so much cool stuff coming 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's well, amazing. Well, definitely. I think let's nominate Zodiac to be our movie of the week. Done. That's just happy a days. Just because of the basement. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really really good one. Do we have a phobia? Maybe agoraphobia. Could be. Do you reckon? Definitely. Could be agoraphobia. What's like a phobia linked. for going on a bad date? <laughs> <laughs> I suffer that like on a bi-weekly basis. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how my day was. I don't want to tell you if I'm going away on the weekend. And I don't want to tell you like what my job is. I'm done. <laughs> Or a phobia of ugly people. Oh, yeah. Bad drag. Bad drag. Yeah, surely. Surely there's a phobia for bad drag. We'll find yeah. one. We'll try and put something in the socials. It does give me like agoraphobia vibes. Yeah, at least, I like, think so. The, the journey. That is yeah. just... Um, I can't believe you did that. But yes, we do have some really exciting things coming up. For everyone, I'm going on a much needed holiday after the COVID years. Yay! I've been working full-time non-stop and I'm a bit of a shell of a human at the moment. So I'm finally going away on a holiday and I'm going to Thailand for two and a half weeks. Amazing. But next week, (laughs) I have discovered the mother of all fucking stories. (laughs) I cannot believe that this has happened. But I I don't want to share too much about it. But somewhere that I already had planned to go on this trip, I have discovered... A really horrible, scary story yes. to tell. So perfect. I'm gonna rec- we're gonna record it before I go on my holiday, uh-huh. but it will probably be released around the time that I am you there. Will be there. <laughs> so just enjoy that. Yeah, perfect. If you love me, yeah, I do. As a family member, uh-huh. anyone listening, do yourself a favor <laughs> and just don't listen to that one because. <laughs> It's going to fucking yeah, scare the shit out back. of me. Until I get back. <laughs> Safely. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be next week's episode. Uh, it's all ready to go. So please tune in for that one. That's going to be great. Um, but yeah, Kate and I, are, we've got some we've things got some cooking, things in, cooking. cooking in the background. So yeah. make sure you yeah, keep with us on our journey. It's a lot of fun. And uh, like and subscribe. And re- recommend us to your friends. Yes. And if you don't like us, let us know um, so that we can not give a shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. 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 We love you. <laughs> That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.